Okay, <clears throat> good morning everybody. Um, I wasn't here before breakfast, but Happy New Year. Um, and I would, you know, so I don't know if my colleagues said that already to you or not, but Happy New Year. Um, I'd like to ask for your attention. I'll give a little bit of conceptual framework before I guide you in to the practice. So some of the mapping. So for all our practices that we will do here this week, the home base is our body, our breathing, living animal body. At times, your uh, focus for attention with the body will be a smaller focus, right? At times, you may see fit to bring your attention to the breathing in the belly, for example, and learn how to linger there and sustain and apply your attention there. It may be a smaller focus in the chest, in the nostrils, it may be a wider focus, a wider angled lens of the whole body, right? So attention is an um, intelligent, potentially a very intelligent, flexible, malleable, and wise uh, companion. Sometimes attention can go right in like this, very, very, very close to something. And attention can also span out, widen, and have as its field of attention a much bigger arena. Okay. I want to in just include pain. Um, pain will arise. Discomfort or unpleasantness will arise at times. This is to be included in our contemplation. It is not the sole purpose of our contemplation, but it must be included. So when pain arises, discomfort, um, unpleasant sensation today, arising in the arena of your body, include that. Widen and soften around that. And we will learn how to contemplate this in skillful ways. One cultivation, so the other night I talked about the path of insight and the path of cultivation. They're not separated, they must work together. But if I look now at cultivation, one such cultivation that is beneficial for us is the cultivation of samatha. Samatha is this gathering soothing, steadying, nourishing, collection of attention. This is one cultivation. It is not our sole intent for this retreat, but it will be a thread and a theme that you will notice will potentially deepen over these days. Okay? That goes right from, for many of us and for, and for me certainly, for quite some time in my practice, beginning with restoring my relationship with attending to body, from having been out, been in the head, been away, not through blame or judgment or fault, but a restoring of attention here, learning how to heal and soothe that split moment to moment to moment, finding skillful ways with that. So right from restoring the relationship with body through soothing, steadying, settling here in this location, right through to that becoming nourishing. It's like food, like Yen I said last night. It's like nourishing of our whole body and mind. Through to nourishment, through to the possibility of suffusing 
this whole arena filling out, harmonizing and suffusing this arena with bright attention through to what the Buddha referred to as absorptions. And we're not teaching that trajectory as such, but you, will, you may notice it. I name it because you may notice places along the way. And this is a beautiful thing to, to recognize. And in moments, we are working at restoring. And it's not like we do that and then we can just carry on. You know, at moments... I will pay homage to restoring that connection that's just gone off, where I have somehow decided that there's a better world somewhere else in my mind, someplace else. Restoring, settling, (coughs) gathering, nourishing, suffusing with bright attention. And just one more word on that before I um, open out the frame wider. This samatha deepens, becomes uh, a path of its, of its own trajectory when we learn how to skillfully apply our attention to a given object. Applying our attention to the breathing in the body, for example when we learn how to skillfully apply and skillfully sustain our attention. So an example, yesterday when Akinshino gave us the contemplation, we applied our attention to the senses. Do you remember the tongue and the, the tasting and the hearing and the visual sense? Applied the attention and we sustained we learned with his guidance to linger, to stay longer, to not just jump away again. Attention can come close to the given object and often it just bounces right off, right? Who, who doesn't know that? <laughs> who doesn't know that part? We're learning what allows this attention to pool and gather and sustain here. And that's not... Um, you know, we can't do it by nailing ourselves to the object. That, that gets tight, that gets dry, that gets soulless pretty fast. We learn this dance, a participatory dance between attention and this living, breathing body. So that's something we learn. How does this Samatha come about, right? It's an art. So let's widen out. That's one piece just to consider. It's not going to be the be-all and the end-all of the practice. It's one cultivation. Okay. So what is meditation? Why are we doing this? Sometimes it's really helpful, in fact, very often, to remind ourselves of the bigger frame. We're cultivating attention in this path in the service of overturning a fundamental delusion about the nature of existence and the nature of things. That's why we're learning to apply attention so we can gather, so we can investigate, so that we can see deeply in such a way that is liberating. It means coming into a contemplative relationship with this fathom-long body. And what is a contemplative relationship? Actually, before I say a little bit more about that, we're coming into a contemplative relationship with the body so that we can see for ourselves, moment to moment, what ways of attending, what ways of giving attention lead to more suffering and what ways of giving attention lead to the release, the reduction and the ceasing of suffering. It's a very particular task. What this looks like moment to moment 
a contemplative attention, we will start to see for ourselves how some of the ways we attend start to bind us, bind the sense of self, the sense of other, and the sense of world into a tight little knot that we think is me. And we can also see for ourselves how that self, the sense of other and world, can unbind through the way that we are attending. This is what is possible for us and is a liberative endeavor. So a contemplative relationship is, includes that our attention is voluntary. It's not just attention per se, right? So I'll give an example. I've sat so many weeks in this room <laughs> with a kind of attention that is not voluntary. It's very habitual. And that's not wrong, but at some point we wake up to that, right? So an example of me sitting here in this room for many weeks um, might be that I come into the meditation hall and I, I remember walking through this walking room here so many times you know, and you get to those stained glass windows and it's like, oh, I've got to go sit again, okay. And then come in and sometimes, and it took me a while to see, my attention would just try and park itself in a nice little spot that I wouldn't be too disturbed. Kind of just like a little bit like, I hope I'm going to be undisturbed here for an hour. My body would reflect that in a kind of a slumping back. My mind lost its brightness my heart was a little bit pulled back. I didn't really want to engage. So if we see this habit, please know that without berating ourselves. Coming to train a contemplative attention means we will see the habits that may slump, that may wish to disengage, that may be out there, not gathered, that may be thinking about existence rather than entering the intimacy of this unvarnished calling of being human. So sometimes my attention, it's not that it doesn't still do this, but this is where I started to notice it. My attention would kind of narrow. That's different than focusing with intention. Sometimes it would just go zhoom you know, narrow into a thought and park there, like turn my engine off, park in that thought, and I'll be... Right? Ah, that's a habit. Some of us will have habits of parking in thoughts of past or future, parking in certain emotions, parking in certain sensations, parking in certain apertures of attention in the name of meditation we might always go really wide and big. We might always come really, 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 really close. What might it be to see those habits and to recognize that for our attention to be contemplative, there needs to be some freedom, some flexibility, some intentionality, not just a draw to the loudest thing, or a draw away from that which hurts and is intense. It's interesting to notice, I, I, check, it, check this out, this is one thing that I notice, that when my attention is off, like I'm just like ruminating or I'm far away, I'm not really in my body and I'm just away somewhere, there's a corresponding thing happening in the body that I'm not aware of, which is that my attention has usually um, tightened and narrowed or uh, slumped in a certain way, and that will reflect in the body. Right. So when I'm away and my primary sense of things is in my thinking or spaced out, when I start to recognize that and come back, it's like, oh yeah, 
What's the agreement home base body? Okay, okay. Okay. Okay, breath. Ah, oh yeah, wow. It's like my body has... Um, lost its tone. It's either the tone is like on edge or it becomes very floppy. What would that mean without judging that to be kind of a a sort of kind, like, oh my goodness, wow, look at that. Can I come back? Can I find the breathing body? Maybe I feel a little bit of the pain of having been away or the ah, the ah of having slumped and pulled away. And can I know my task, my primary task to sustain, apply and sustain attention with either a smaller arena or the sense of the whole body breathing. Right, so this is our art. So we're training not, you know, let's put it this way. As we train to know, K-N-O-W, as we train to know body as body, this is one of the asks in the practice, to know body as body, not what I think about the body, not what others say about the body, not my preferences or uh, self-images about the body, but to know body as body. This comes together with a training in attention. There is no body apart from the way we're attending with her, him, them. The training of attention and the training of seeing body as body go together. So a contemplative attention is voluntary. Um, This will mean we will see when it is not This is not a cause for judgment. It is a cause actually for a kind of small celebration. Um, Contemplative attention is not looking from a distance. It's not objectifying our body. There's been too much of that. Now, it's an intimate, unvarnished, participatory dance attention, body. And contemplative attention treats the so-called object of its attention, my body, breath. It treats that object of attention with respect. The respect that says, I do not assume that I know you. I do not come from that hubris to assume I know what a body is because I've studied anatomy or I've had one for 52 years. I come with a respect and a kind of humility that I don't know and I cannot wrap my mind around this phenomena, phenomenon called a body. Whatever philosophies of body, whatever maps of body, they cannot wrap themselves around the fact of this. So I come with a respect and an approach that does not assume I know and does not do this other thing that I've seen in my mind and I I attribute to being a modern person but I don't know if the Buddha did this too. But this other thing we can do where we pay attention to something to see what I can get out of it. I pay attention to something to see what is there to be gained. Yes, there will be gains. There will be insights. This will be a a a benefit for all but if my approach is what even what can i get out of you what knowledge what even insight can you show me please 
back off. Breathe out. Bow. So this becomes a contemplative art, not an art of extraction. This is what will lead onward to something that is beautiful, that is liberative. So when you notice today that your attention is sucked in, notice that. This is really good news. It's not bad or wrong. It's that which sees that we're sucked in is not sucked in, right? So there, something is sucked in. It's like I'm in a vortex. Anyone know this? You're in a vortex with your thought, with your emotion, with your... You just want to get out of here. All you notice is, why aren't they ringing the damn bell? You know, so there's a vortex there. When you notice, ah, it's not, it's, I haven't freely given my attention there. Something has got sucked in. I don't blame this otherness. I come with that respect. I don't know everything about this. And I unhook, I widen the attention. I give myself an object, a anchor, a wider frame. I come away. I cannot investigate or really thoroughly know something that I am completely entangled and sucked into. Come away. Breathe out. Sense your backside on the, on the floor. Find your hands. Come to your senses as we practiced yesterday. Come to your breathing body, whether the smaller focus or the wider focus. Come away. We can say if there's a strong emotion pressing, which can be very compelling at times, right? I know this very well. It can be very compelling. Our, our, our attention, my attention, can just go, zoom. right, this is the truth, my sorrow, my pain. We're not saying it's not the truth, but we're saying that in this moment isn't the whole point. Can we practice the skill with attention first? and say, I'll come back to you, my love. I'll serve you better when I have established, cultivated some more ground. Other times you'll notice that your attention is, seems far from caught up. It's just like all the way, away. Loss, loss of tone, loss of container. Um, what you might start to notice is that your practice gets dry, it gets two-dimensional, it loses, yeah, it loses dimensions, it loses intimacy. It feels a little bit like a kind of going to a job you don't want to go to. You know, you come in the meditation hall. I've had plenty of those. Like, put my overcoat on, go to the train station called the meditation hall park here. It's okay. It loses luster. Not that everything is lustrous all the time, but it loses the sense of life, actually. And when you notice that, it calls us to bring the attention closer. Come closer. Come and give attention to, the, to your out-breath all the way to the end. Come closer with your attention. Learn how to offer attention to things that don't call so loud. And learn how to pay attention, if you're away, to what is, might be painful, what might be piercing or burning or tight in your body. Learn how to offer attention here. So, final piece. Um, as we learn the language or restore, let's say, the language of knowing body as body, right from the restoration through the settling, the nourishment, the, uh, the um, suffusing. Um, I find it useful to think of a spectrum of the kinds of sensation that we may know, right from the, I could say, the more obviously physical sensation that we learn in contemplative practice to meet 
the heat. Feel the heat as the heat. Feel the coolness as coolness. Notice the hardness as hardness, the boniness as boniness. Not building around that, but notice right in that uh, phenomenological, apparently purely physical experience. Space as space. Um, fluidity as fluidity, moving breath as moving breath, things that appear more obviously physical and come to know those thoroughly, come into that relationship with them beautifully, attentively and linger. Right from that more obviously physical, right through to what we could say is more of a uh, subtle, less obviously physical um, vibration or tone of the whole body. So sometimes when the body aperture opens, the attention opens to the whole body, at times when we're settled and steady, we may notice that our attention becomes more subtle, the experience might become more subtle. And we may notice the upright tone as a kind of vibration and tone of the whole field of my body and a little bit of space around the body. It's like a whole energetic field that's pulsing and awake and alive. And that can become subtle. And our attention can learn how to train to what doesn't call as loud. Right? All is good. One isn't better than the other. Remember, we're training attention. We're not trying to have a particular experience. We're interested in training a contemplative attention because that will be intelligent, flexible and malleable so that then we can apply the Buddha's teaching to look deeply in ways that can unbind the tangle of self and other and world. Okay, so please um, take your seat. If you need to shuffle, wiggle... uh, And remember, at any point in the sitting, stand up, stay awake. Stand up because you need to stay awake or stand up because you want to stand up and be bright. And allow your posture to be upright and gentle. Easily said, but a lifetime of cultivation. Right? It's not like we just do it, okay, upright and gentle, got it. Tick, check, as you say, check. No. Find out how you can make that posture upright and gentle. Okay, let's have a couple of deliberate breaths together. And sometimes I find it very helpful to remember that attention isn't going to be around forever. It looks like it's one of the things that really, really isn't there when I'm dead. Seriously, if, if, you know... So it might feel like a pain at times, but this is a, this is a gift. There's a lot that can happen with this. It can spin us into all kinds of dodgy places, and it can be an incredible, incredible gift. Okay, so let's breathe in deliberately, as if from the ground upward. Let's, let's really have the base in the earth also. Breathing up from the earth, through your backside and perineum, right up into your body. Breathe out down into the earth. Breath isn't only purely, well, physical. It affects, it's not only, let me say, anatomical through the nostrils. It affects every cell. Imagine breathing up right through the backside, the base. Breathing out down into the earth, through your thighs. Let the flesh of your perineum and buttocks just drop. Give yourself back now. Because what else are you going to do here for 30 minutes? And one more deliberate breath up from the ground, through your backside, and drop back down. Okay. And actually, one more. And this one, see where it is right for you to pay attention to your breathing right now. Where would you like to attend? And as you attend, can you stay and linger all the way to the end of the out-breath? 
asking the breath to be your partner today, to work with you. Breathing in. Breathing out and knowing that you're breathing out. All the way to the end. right where it gets quiet, where it fades and gets more subtle. And as the new breath is born into you, welcoming, receiving, steadying the attention, breathing out, Calming, releasing, quietening, waiting for the new breath, receiving, sensing its Sensing its life in you. How do you know you have a breath? Can you come close when needed? Can you give room when that is what is called for? Can you be precise at times, crisp with your attention? Can you be kind and yielding? Applying attention Sustaining, lingering, feeling out, touching breath, touching body with kind attention.
it feels to me that there's a very lovely quality of settling in stillness beginning to deepen in this hall as we sit together. And uh, I don't know if that's how you experience it, but uh, I find it rather delightful. I know the experience isn't always that, but uh, when it is, it's nice to acknowledge. And this process of entering deeply into our retreat that we are engaged in is very much supported by bringing that sense of care and conscious voluntary attention to the fullness of our experience. So our meditation, we engage in a very formal and particular framework with specific tasks, as we've spoken about in the sitting, the walking, the standing. And yet there's also a broader task, we could say, or invitation, if that evokes a slightly different response sometimes for us, as it does certainly for me, an invitation here and to, to include the whole of our day, all of the activities, the times when we move from one place to another, from one activity to another, when we're taking our meals and really attending to what it is to receive food, nourishment, literally, for our physical and greater well-being. And the process of eating the food, not just it's great or mm, don't like it. Um, I mostly have the first of the two experiences here, but it can go either way. And, uh, and yet really tasting it and chewing and feeling what's it like to swallow that mushed up stuff and really feel what it's like when it trickles down your throat rather than shoveling another spoonful in before you've got the last one quite down on your belly. I do that sometimes as well, but there's an option to make it a, a practice where we express a sense of respect, a sense of care, a sense of interest. It's like, wow, you know, the stuff that grew in the earth, those beings that can photosynthesize, as Catherine was speaking the other day. And, uh, and then actually becomes... At some point, this being, which can't photosynthesize and can't even pronounce photosynthesize, <laughs> photosynthesize. Um, and wow, that's quite something. Happens most days for those of us who are, as I, generally quite fortunate to have that food to eat most days. But it's no less miraculous for the fact that it happens pretty much most days. And when a going to the toilet, you know, which is part of the same journey. So, can I really be there for that? As my body does what it needs to do, releasing what it can't make use of. And so many other places in the day. All of this is part of the wholeness of our life and therefore the wholeness of our practice is an invitation to engage with this. Just a few Practical things before I speak specifically about the walking. Um, 